Okay, now on to Amy Simple McPherson, part six. Now, Amy was not perfect. Even the Christian leaders that we love the most are going to have faults. There is only one person that we can look to that never committed a sin, and that was our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that doesn't make our sin any less worse. It doesn't make the sin of others any less worse. But it's a true fact that if you dig deep enough in anybody's life that you admire, you're going to find something to disappoint you. Amy uh, was no exception. Now, Amy was uh, in Hollywood, and she was drawing a lot of attention. She was ending up uh, in the newspapers a lot. Some of it good, some of it people were attacking her. But uh, Hollywood and its influence, sadly, did not leave Amy untouched. Now, my purpose here is to not get into a debate on um, clothing and hair and things like that. But I am merely going to state some of the signs of problems that her followers saw that concerned them. Uh, Amy changed her hairstyle. Uh, she had always uh, had uh, dark hair. No doubt, as she was getting older, a good deal of it was turning gray. Amy bleached her hair, or as people put it, dyed her hair. Um, some of them felt like she had cut it short and was disguised in the fact it was cut short. That distressed people. Whether that is a sign of something or not, that's not what I'm here to discuss. Um, she changed her style of dress. Before, Amy had always dressed quite simply. Uh, when she was on the platform, she wore a simple white dress with a, a cape. She started wearing more fashionable clothes. And Amy started wearing furs, which is not something you saw a lot on preachers at that time. But Amy was wearing fur coats. She was wearing more expensive clothes. Um... She changed the dress style that she wore to preach in um, into something more fashionable and something that did look a bit more expensive. Now, I'm not here to judge what Amy was doing. Again, I'm just stating some of the things that people saw that concerned them. Amy was, as we would say in Texas, hobnobbing with some of the Hollywood elite. Um, among her friends was Charlie Chaplin. And in modern times, enough has been discovered about Charlie Chaplin, but that we know he was not the innocent man that he so often portrayed in his films. Um, her mother, Minnie, had gotten frustrated with her own inability to uh, have an influence over Amy anymore and uh, was distressed. She couldn't seem to have any effect on Amy. So Amy's dressing differently. Amy is hanging out with a different crowd of people. And, you know, that's one of the things that we have to deal with as uh, Christians living in this world. When we interact with people, they can have an influence on us. And we can't just, uh, we can't just go whole way like a hermit and pull completely away from everybody. But we can't just, there's a balance to be struck. We have to be careful about who we're allowing to influence us. We have to be open when people talk to us and express concerns 
about us. We need to be open and pray about it and take it before the Lord and see if we're allowing ourselves to be unnecessarily influenced. See if we're allowing ourselves to hang around with the wrong crowd. Go to the Lord and find out. Well, Amy was undoubtedly uh, being influenced. Then she hit a difficult time in her life. She was 40 years old, and for some people, turning 40 can be very difficult. Her mother uh, had remarried. Amy's father had passed away, and her mother felt free to remarry. So her mother had married and uh, was no longer uh, hanging around Amy. Amy's daughter, Roberta, had married. Amy's son, Rolf, had married. And talk about empty nest syndrome. Her nest was completely empty. She didn't even have her uh, her mom around anymore. And so Amy was at a point where she was hanging around with a lot of people that could have a bad influence on her, and she was lonely. She was very lonely and no doubt a little sad. And the devil takes advantage of things like that, and that's what he did with Amy. Amy uh, made a decision to marry a younger man that was performing in some of her cantatas. She had been impressed with his singing skills. Other people had not been quite so impressed. (laughs) They said it seemed to be only Amy that saw any real talent there. Um, He was 29. She was 40. He proposed to her. Um, Looking back on it, people agree that he saw marrying Amy as a way to get ahead in show business. A way to get his name in the paper, a way to get his face in front of people of influence. And so Amy married him, and it turned out to be a disaster. Uh, not long after Amy married him, it was uh, he had lawsuits filed against him for breach of promise because he had proposed to other girls, and they had said yes, and then he had just basically disappeared from their lives. And it was bad. Um he was he was causing a lot of problems at Angelus Temple. He was um, he was not living a moral life. He was doing things that were bringing reproach on the church and on Amy's own reputation. And uh, their marriage and the revelations of his immoral behavior damaged both Amy and Angelus Temple. Now, Amy realized she had made a mistake. And that's one of the good things about Amy. When she realizes she's made a mistake, she doesn't just stubbornly keep pursuing the same course of action. She divorced him. And she admitted to her church that she had made a mistake. And Amy went a step further. Amy repented. She repented before God, repented before the church leaders, and repented before her church and said that it was wrong of her to remarry while her former husband was still alive. Harold McPherson was still alive. And Amy said it was wrong that she made a mistake. And she put it in the church bylaws that it was not allowed for uh, four-square denominational leadership to remarry while a, a former spouse was still living. And she still kept getting proposals after that. And one of them... Sounds like it would have been a good idea. It was a gospel singer. Um, Some of you might recognize the name Homer Roadheaver. He proposed to Amy, but Amy uh, very politely rejected his proposal. 
uh, because she had she had promised she had promised God she had promised her people that she would not uh, marry. In fact, she said she was just never going to get married again. So that was around around 1930. And so after that, Amy threw herself back into the ministry full force. Now remember, the Lord called Amy to preach. And uh, I think Amy realized that she had gotten off track and began seeking the Lord again. You know, that's it's so common for the devil to take advantage of us when we're in a weakened condition, when we're in a, maybe an emotionally compromised condition. Here she was lonely. Her kids had all married. And it looked like this man was the answer to her loneliness. But you know what, guys? The answer to the emptiness that we may have in our lives, the answer to the loneliness that we may be plagued with, the answer to the insecurity that may weigh heavy on us is not a person. The answer to it is Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ. The Lord is the answer to that. And if we learn to look to the Lord to help us with the loneliness, if we look to the Lord for our security, if we look to the Lord for our emotional stability, if we look to the Lord as our primary source of all those things, then we can be involved in healthy relationships with other people. But Amy realized that uh, the answer to her loneliness was not in David Hutton. And so a lesson to be learned from this is when we realize we've gotten off track and we've made a mistake, we need to repent. And if the mistake that we made affected others, then we need to repent uh, in front of those people. You know, that's a... Uh, that's where things get problematic when church leadership makes a when there's a scandal involving church leadership. There's a lot that's that's a big deal. And so Amy met this head on and dealt with it publicly because it had gone public and it had had a public effect. Now, this did not bring down the Foursquare Church. This did not bring down Angelus Temple because as much of an influence as Amy was in the Foursquare denomination, and in Angelus Temple, the church still belonged to the Lord. And it was able to keep moving despite this issue. Angelus Temple still stands today. It is still a church. The International Church of the Foursquare Gospel remains a denomination today. Life Bible College that she founded is now a university. It still stands today. So, uh, if... Something is truly, truly founded on the Lord. It will stand. So, what we see here, Amy got in a mess. But Amy threw her efforts back into the ministry. Angela's temple had gotten in debt during the Great Depression. And Amy prayed and worked and they raised enough funds. They got Angela's temple out of debt. Amy realized that some of the key leadership in the church um, were not necessarily doing a good job. And so she took the advice of, uh, advice of others, the advice of uh, people that were skilled in things like accounting and finance, and they managed to get Angela's Temple out of debt. And they had a big uh, celebration burning the church's note uh, once that debt was paid off. And so things moved forward. Uh, Amy continued with her radio ministry and uh, 
reaching people and a lot of times reached far beyond what you would expect, uh, far beyond Los Angeles. And she also was doing illustrated sermons and anything Amy could think of to try to get the gospel out there before people. She was willing to be open-minded about it and pray and seek the Lord about it. And in fact, uh, in the 1940s, when television was just first being born, Amy was, as soon as Amy heard about it, she began to try to figure out a way they could get the gospel on television. So Amy was very proactive about using any means that she could to get the gospel out there because the Lord had called her to preach. Now, one time um, someone asked Amy about uh, her thoughts on people that didn't believe women should be preachers. And Amy's response, part of her response, was that anyone that had struggled with the call as hard as she did would know that that call was real. And so Amy kept on. She kept on uh, reaching out. She kept on doing the, the charitable work and all of that. Well, um, September 24th, 1944, around the time of her birthday, uh, the day before, Amy had preached three times. So you can see Amy's still real busy. And this was going to be a special day for her because she was going to use her life story uh, to, uh, as a sermon to try to reach people for the Lord. So it was a special day. She always looked forward to doing that sermon every year. She had for several years now. Well, the morning of September 24th, 1944, Rolf got concerned because... His mother had not gotten up yet. And he went in to check on her at about 10.30 in the morning. And Rolf found his mom in bed, unconscious, breathing heavily. And he tried to wake her up, and he couldn't. And, of course, they called an ambulance. Um, a bottle of sleeping pills was found on the bed, half, or excuse me, in her purse, half full with several sleeping pills scattered on the bed. She had been having a lot of trouble with insomnia. Amy was rushed to the hospital, but she never woke up. She passed away. Um, the cause of death was ruled to be an accidental overdose of sleeping pills. Um, if she had tried, some people, of course, tried to claim Amy had tried to commit suicide. But if Amy had tried to commit suicide, why did she only take half of them, and why were there still some laying on the bed? Um, they didn't believe, the the coroner did not believe that it was uh, suicide. They believed it was an accidental overdose, which is not uncommon with some sleeping pills. Uh, people will take it, and because of the sleeping pill, you know, they wake up confused, and they'll take another one thinking they hadn't taken it. They lose track of how many they've taken. It can be very dangerous. But Amy Simple McPherson had passed on. She left behind her son, Rolf, who took over uh, Angela's Temple, who took over the leadership of the Foursquare denomination and did an outstanding job. She left behind her daughter, Roberta, and she left behind her mother. Her mother, Minnie, actually outlived her. And so Amy's life drew to a close. But I think it's interesting, the day before she passed, she had, been, she had preached three times. She was still following that call. That time when she was 23 years old, uh, and she was laying on that bed, and she heard the Lord speak to her and say, Will you 
go now. And she was there on the brink of death. And she answered, yes, I will go. And Amy went. She went. She faced all kinds of trials. She faced all kinds of uh, dangers. She was kidnapped for crying out loud. She was attacked in the press. She was attacked in court. And yet she still kept serving God. She made mistakes. She had to repent. But she got up and kept serving God. She kept following the call of God on her life. She kept going until the very end. Now, if you've been listening to my uh, talks on Amy Simple McPherson, I would like you. I would like to encourage you to read the biography of her that was written by uh, Edith Blumhofer, uh, Doctor Edith Blumhofer. Uh, it's one of my favorite biographies. There's also some autobiographies that Amy wrote. There are books of her sermons. But my all-time favorite book that Amy wrote was called. Um, I believe it was. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check. Actually, while I'm talking about this, this book had a big influence on me personally. But it's one that she wrote. Um, it's called Fire from on High. And the version that I have was published, I believe, by the Foursquare Church, the Foursquare Denomination. Uh, it is an excellent book. Amy talks about the power of God in that. And as I was a young person... I was in college at the time. I was reading that book. And I had been praying. Um, A lot of the miracles that we read about in meetings held by people like Amy Simple McPherson and the early Pentecostal pioneers, we don't see those same kind of miracles anymore. We don't see those same kind of things anymore. And so I was praying. And I was asking the Lord, Does this still go on? It's not that I believe the age of miracles was past, but I had heard teachings that it said that we were in the last days and so we wouldn't see moves of God like we had in the past. So I asked the Lord. And as I was reading Amy's book, the presence of the Lord came so close to me. And I don't know how to explain it in any other way, but I can tell you that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the power of God is still at work. Even if it's the last days, it doesn't mean the Lord has ceased to work. It doesn't mean there can't be millions of people saved. It doesn't mean there can't be people healed. It doesn't mean there can't be people delivered from the powers of darkness. We must not fall for any lies from the enemy that would tell us to ease up our efforts because it's the last days. No, if anything, we should go forward even harder with our efforts. We should pray even more. We should seek God even more. If any, if ever there was a time when we needed the fire of the Holy Ghost shining in our lives, it's now. If ever there was a time the church needed the fire of the Holy Ghost to fall on us and burn up all the worldliness and burn up all the selfishness and burn up all the bigotry that has taken hold in our churches. If ever there was a time we needed that, it is now. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, the power of God is is waiting to fall again. So I hope you've enjoyed these talks on Amy Simple McPherson. Um, I hope to be providing some new, uh, new topics for you. I have plenty ready to go. Thank you for listening. And I pray the Lord has touched your heart.